Welcome to Genetically Speaking, ASHD's new podcast. This episode is part of a series focused on career insights from your fellow members. We hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome to the ASHD Audio Stories. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Gunter, and today we're joined by newly minted Dr. Mila Merceda from the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto. It's very nice to meet you in person. Congratulations on just completing your PhD. That's awesome. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your, your I guess, your new work that you're going to be doing or maybe some of your PhD or... Okay, so um, so yeah, I st- I've stayed in the same lab on this uh, postdoc. Um, I did my PhD uh, at the Hospital for Sick Children and Dr. Christopher Pearson's lab. Love so, <laughs> so we, he works on repeat expansion diseases, and we look at the DNA level and understanding um, what is occurring uh, at these repeat expansions, what kind of structures are occurring, uh, what proteins might be involved, and then um, kind of the overarching goal of the lab is how can we contract these repeats to uh, modulate disease and and hopefully uh, cure some of these diseases. So um, I've worked on ALS and FTD for my PhD. Um, I've looked at um, both, uh, so looked at the structures and proteins uh, for part of my project. So what kind of structures are forming mostly in vitro and trying to do some in vivo and cellular forming work. by the repeats. Yeah, themselves. by the repeat expansions themselves. Yeah, because yeah, we think yeah. that these repeat expansions are um, causing uh, secondary structures to form. And the processing of this, uh, possibly through uh, mismatch repair proteins or other DNA repair proteins, yeah, is, is actually leading to an expansion bias. So for us, it's like, what, um, how can we maybe target some of these proteins? proteins or, or how could we even just target these structures? Um, so actually recently in our lab, um, side, uh, another project that I wasn't involved in, um, we have uh, just published a drug that binds to the uh, so CAG repeat, yeah, and yeah, uh, Huntington's, yeah. Okay, so I did my PhD on repeat expansion back oh, cool. in the day, so I've been strictly instructed that I cannot spend this entire time talking about repeat oh, expansion, okay. so I'm telling you that up front, even though I want to. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I saw your papers on the repeat expansion structures and the CAG repeat Huntington's, which was just yeah. out of nature, right? Yeah, in nature, um, yeah. Genetics, yeah. in nature genetics. In nature genetics, yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. Um, yeah, just fascinating stuff, right? I mean, so when I was starting out in my PhD in genetics, um, uh, I started in the lab right after they found the FMR1 repeat. Oh, and so nice. Steve Warren. One, in 1990, kind of? Yeah. Yes, 92. Yeah, that's yeah. when I started. I just dated you and said yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, and then they found the um, Huntington. That's actually one of the first ASHGs that I went to. It was probably like my second or third one. And the late breaking report was oh, okay. the finding of the Huntington's yeah, repeat yeah. and how, and we were all like, this is it. Like they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Repeats. So I feel like it really feels like now they're everywhere. Cause like in the last few years, it's like, three or four repeat expansion diseases a year. It's pretty impressive. So it's back in my day, we had to walk uphill both ways. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I actually kind of feel that way because my project, so like we've, I've done some, um, characterizing some, some of these breaks that are occurring in, um, in ALS and FTD cells. And so I've looked at a lot of, of metaphase spreads of, and so I like, I literally am searching back and forth through, um, slides to try to find these breaks. And so just recently we actually got a microscope funded in the lab for like automated, Oh, Oh, man. Um, searching. So and it's like, like, you kids don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be like, oh my God, with these last five years of my degree, well, not five, but right, like, right, let's right. say two and a half years of my degree, I've been struggling hours on the microscope. Now it's just like all done. 
So I get to sort of get a little bit of that now while I'm in the lab and use it. So I'm kind of like excited about that, yeah, but I will okay. be moving on elsewhere. So that's, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Not sure where yet, but it's okay. <laughs> but you know, so what you're doing with this podcast is saying, Hey, people should contact you if they're interested in an awesome postdoc. That's what I hear you saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure. So yeah, I'm not sure if I'm on the postdoc route. I'm kind of more driven to industry. Really? Um, okay. I think so. Yeah. I think I want to be an R and D uh, in industry. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I've been debating whether I would do a short postdoc um, before that or if I would just transition. So I'm kind of like, I'm not in a rush to leave Christopher's lab. So I kind of feel like I can wait for the right opportunity and see and think about both the postdoc or the... um, um, or the industry route. But um, I think I would, yeah, really still like to be doing bench science. And um, so I've I've kind of done some career exploring in the last like two months, not much time, but um, just meeting with people and seeing like, you know, do I really still want to stay at the bench or go somewhere? And I I still think I'm set with the bench. Um, Yeah. And that's so important to take mm -hmm. that time. I think um, with other people uh, in these stories that we've been talking about so much pressure, I think trainees feel so much pressure I think that's so great that you're mm-hmm. taking the time to explore. I also would say, looking back from just a little bit older than you, is that um, uh, you, you may go down a route for four or five years and be like, yeah, this is actually the wrong thing. And that is yeah, perfectly yeah. okay. Yeah, right? yeah. You do not have to have it all figured out now. Yeah. You can truly make changes. It helps. Yeah. I think that, like, if I had to have left the lab at the time of defense, like, at, yeah. at the end and had a plan at that point, like, I really didn't have time or mental capacity to even think about yeah. that, in my opinion. Because all you can do is see the light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. Right? Just, yeah. like, got to get to the end. And so it really helped to just have this kind of, like, safety net secured and just go forward um and then think and not feel like i'm making a mistake or like a just deciding something to decide something right so yeah so So i I like to take it like the right decision yeah absolutely and you (laughs) might go somewhere for you and doesn't work out that's fine yeah you go somewhere else yeah yeah exactly so yeah so i know you're here at the ashg for the career development committee which you're Mm -hmm. one of the co-chairs of so can you tell us a little bit about the cdc and what y'all are doing and then also how trainees if they're interested in serving how they could Mm -hmm. do that of course um, so we used to be the training and development committee. We were very trainee focused. Um, and so we're just shifting now and, and re, um, reevaluating the kind of resources that we're offering for, to trainees as the career, career development committee. And now we're not only focusing on trainees, but we're trying to get early career scientists okay. that are at the beginning of their um uh, like you, of their, in a way. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like me. But I mean, before we were also doing like a lot of postdoc and PhD level. Now we're kind of getting those first few year uh, faculty position yeah, cool. uh, individuals as well, kind of covering yeah. um, uh, in the committee as a whole. And so we've kind of diversified, um, which is really cool. Like I've only briefly met a lot of the like the new members mm-hmm. um, at the last um, at the annual meeting in October. So uh, I think this will be a really great experience to meet all these people from diverse backgrounds, like a bunch of them are in industry, um, several are, are PIs, several are, and then there's several PhD postdoc level like us. So yeah. um, that were, we were the original kind of uh, committee that yeah. kind of uh, morphed into something bigger. And and so now this year we're kind of uh, planning what kind of resources we're going to be offering. Um, and so where is this committee going to go? Um, and uh, and so we have some some of the things that we have from like from previous years um, that's that's been successful and that we we think we'll take forward is things like the nascent transcripts or our newsletter that we send out um, that's trainee driven and uh, we and have writers subscribe to that through the website right? exactly yeah. And yeah they should get the emails as okay. well okay. Um, as a member um, okay. but as a trainee member yeah um, uh, 
but I can look into that. With yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so, so they can, um, so they get the emails on the quarterly newsletter and, uh, those are written by not, not only we have some writers on our, on the committee, but this is, you know, if anyone is interested, any trainees, postdocs, um, even I think early career faculty would be a great option if you're interested in writing um, a article on some kind of, um, of maybe a general science topic or something that's of interest to trainees that you think would be yeah. or early career scientists, um, you know, things like coping with like um, experiences in the lab, like resilience, yeah. training, all kinds of stuff like that, not just yeah. science related. But um, but we have, yeah, we have lots of writers that kind of rotate. And so you're not writing um, all right. the time. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. it's not yeah. that uh, high of a level of a commitment, but it allows you to kind of diversify and, you know, yeah. explore some hobbies and interests that you might have. Right. So, yeah. so, so yeah, so there's uh, things like that, that we do. And then at the annual meeting, we try to organize a couple of sessions, um, uh, f- such as um, like a, a research uh, career panel, like re- research related career panels or industry related, uh, or I wouldn't say research, I would say academia versus industry right. career panels. And um, we try to have those uh, for trainees uh, and postdocs to come by and and ask questions and, and learn about people's career tra- trajectories. We try to also have like grant writing workshops. Uh, we've done the resilience training um, but also as a webinar. We did it in person and we did it as a webinar and I think that the turnout was great. Yeah, um, yeah, it was yeah. pretty um, impressive. You, you all do so much. <laughs> we've done a lot, yeah, yeah a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back, in, back in my day, it was just um, the trainee mentor luncheon. Right, and we do that too still. Yeah, exactly, which is awesome. I remember sitting um, with a friend of mine at the table of Francis Collins Ah, back in the day. So it be like 94, and later he became my boss's boss now. So there you go. So (laughs) Full circle. Exactly, right. So, But that's so great. I mean, it seems to me, looking at what y'all have done, it's just expanded so much as well. And then you also do webinars, right? So you just had a webinar. The social media. Yeah, you were were on that. Yeah. (laughs) But I love, I mean, my philosophy is when students ask you to do stuff, you always say yes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That's yeah. a good yeah. law. Exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> they actually wanted to come do it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So y'all, y'all, we had a webinar about how to use social media, which yeah. was a lot of fun. So, yeah. So we try, we try to do uh, things like that. So it's great. To, it would be like we uh, always have. Um, a couple of spots, I think, a year, one or two spots usually a year that open up as people roll off of the committee. It's a three-year commitment, um, and uh, and I think it's a great opportunity to meet so many people. Uh, this is my third year now, and I've really I've really loved being on the committee and um, being involved in planning some of these resources, listening to what um, other trainees are interested in having. Just you just get to meet a lot of great people at the meeting as well, and yeah. so and then you get to meet them again in the next right. year. So that's really nice. Right? Yeah, like yeah. you get to like like see all these people once a year but you just kind of like keep uh connecting and that's so cool i really like it's like a cohort yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, exactly exactly. so that's really cool and i think y'all have also done guides for trainees on how to get through the annual meeting right because it can be a huge place and a little overwhelming yes yeah yeah yeah. so we've done some of uh, those kind of resources online um some videos and stuff but um yeah we're always kind of looking for new ideas on how to deal with that and what to do next so something like like we kind of are toying with um, many ideas and we'll talk about them tomorrow during yeah. our, our Your committee meeting, committee yeah. meeting tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And we'll see what actually goes through, but um, we'd love to like, you know, have like a, a, like a mentor pair up. Like it's like, you know, an experienced ASHG trainee and you're a first time goer and like kind of, you know, give people um, guidance. So that's, you know, something that's on the table to discuss, but, yeah. um, but basically we are always trying to look for new ideas on how to, to like, deal with them because honestly I go to the meeting every year and I'm like 
like very stressed out. Like day three comes along, yeah. and you're just like, oh my god, yeah. I can't do yeah. this anymore. What it let's schedule is seriously like <laughs> seven thirty a.m. to midnight. Yeah, or what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, I have all these great intentions at the beginning. I'm gonna go oh, to this. Yeah. I'm really oh, yeah. interested in this, but it has nothing to do yeah. with my work. Of course, just, the four talks you want are at the same time. That's, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I was just like, you have to make a choice. And then sometimes you're just like, well, I'm not going to anything now because <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, you have to have a brain break. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's usually for me by Thursday. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. all right, I need a few minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like obviously you have spent lots of time in the lab recently trying to get out but one of the things that we're interested in is what you do outside the lab do you have any hobbies do you do anything outside when you get outside when yeah when I no I I do I do (laughs) um hobbies uh I would probably say um like I'm really committed to yoga like I do a lot of yoga I really I need that um yeah kind of that meditative space um so yeah so i do that a couple times a week and i would say that was that that would be my big hobby um and reading i'm very like just reading for fun um so i have a sub subway streetcar kind of ride that's 30 minutes in one direction to the kids so yeah so i read and it's it is perfect as long as i don't get uh, addicted to the book and then i don't yeah, you're like wait 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 yeah <laughs> okay so any good book recommendations so i read recently to... that was really good that people should check out Oh, I read The Last Train to London. Um, that was a very painful, difficult book. Really? Um, it was, it's about the Holocaust. Oh, and, man. Yeah, and it's, uh, but it's, it's so, it's an amazing book, though. Yeah. Um, the, it's a true story. The woman um, transported, uh, like, about 10,000 children, about, like, in the span of, it was mostly, like, before, like, really the war yeah. started, but yeah. as things were ramping up, um, and the, the anti-Jewish sentiment was kind of building up in, like, Austria and Germany, and she was smuggling these kids out to the Netherlands and then to, to England and a lot of these like like either orphaned or just people giving their children away. So you're reading these things, it's very traumatizing. But um so I was very, very uh yeah. like addicted. Yeah. I read it like in less than a week and I was like, oh my God, I can't do these kind of things yeah. anymore. Yeah. No, I need like a light, a chiclet or something. Yeah, yeah. So I try to actually read history books now. It's actually pretty, because it's interesting. Yeah. So I'm reading like some stuff now about like the, like the Inca um, uh, civilization, like Peru. Because we're, we're, I'm actually planning a trip to Peru. I was about to say, because yeah, you yeah. obviously have to plan yeah, a trip yeah, yeah. to go see them. That's but I, but I'm that. interested in, in just the whole, like the entire period and everything then. So these books are great because I'm getting like, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's captivating, it's but it's not. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not something that, like, I can't stop reading. Right. I can be like, okay, this is going to go down, and yeah. I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> so. Which is good. But it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a twin set of questions here. Okay. And the first one is, looking back at yourself when you just started your Ph.D., what advice would you like to give to yourself? Or when you were even looking for a Ph.D.? Yeah, yeah. Um, two things. One of the things I think would have been so advantageous in the people that do this is um, to come into the lab in the summer, try to either volunteer or to try to like yeah. um, work uh, to be paid as a, like, I mean, it's a minimum right. wage probably, right? right? right but right. still, it's still yeah. great. Um, and so, or volunteer. Um, but uh, just to have exposure, to have a project started maybe, or even just to count it as a rotation almost, right? Like we, I mean, I think in the U.S. it's standard. Most labs have rotations for PhDs, but yes. we don't have that in Canada. Oh, wow. Um, U of T is, is rare in that sense, like that we have rotations. So wow. for most of the people in other universities across Canada, it's you, you just kind of have to pick your advisor beforehand. So you're kind of like 
you're like yeah. committed yeah. without yeah. really knowing them that yeah well, so smart. u of t yeah. has so the molecular genetics program that i finished it has the th- we have three rotations five weeks each so it's so, so short so but it's nice that, yeah, yeah. yeah and so and so yeah um but like you could add another rotation you could get a head start on your project yeah. that would be so cool yeah. like i would really wish i had had the guts to kind of reach out to a PI at the time and so that kind of brings into my second thing is that I just wish I had yeah a little bit more confidence coming in because you kind of felt like um like you have like most people have lab experience and if you, yeah. even if you don't but like I had a senior thesis project I did a lot of lab work um I and, and I had a molecular biology uh specialization in my program yeah. so like I had a lot yeah, I just came in and I thought like oh my god I'm not like I'm you know not the, not the like like the dumbest one in the class, but I just no. didn't think I was anywhere kind of. But of course you weren't. I mean, you were. Like, but this is the imposter syndrome. Yeah, right? it's yeah. so hard to. Escape. You still have it, yeah, even I now. Still have it. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe, yeah. Even yeah. now, I'm like, oh, I'm just like a like even you know being asked to do this interview. Yeah. I was like, well, I've only done my uh, postdoc for two months. Are you sure you guys want to talk? To of me? course, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I mean, you every stage you kind of have that, but yeah, you kind of tell yourself, go back. Oh, you shouldn't have been that kind of. But it's um, so much easier to see in retrospect. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so that, I think those are the two things. And just don't be scared to reach out to PIs because, like, yeah. they do want to talk to you. And yeah. especially if, like, you're a prospective student, um, they're eager to mentor. They're eager to get new students. They're going to yeah. love to meet with you. Um, so go ahead and do it in advance before you come to the program because right. that just gives you, like, I don't know, kind of like a nice start. I, I did. I didn't feel like I started nicely. I just felt like kind of yeah, a little yeah, bit of so yeah, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So yeah, that's and if my they don't, and if they're not eager to meet with you and don't want to meet with you, then that's a sign already, oh, yeah. right? So there you go. Exactly. So, so don't go there. Yeah, <laughs> no, go in accordingly, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, you uh, never know. They're just maybe busy, right? So, yeah, exactly. That's you're right. You're right. It's a bad time. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. And then the the last question is: so then, where do you see yourself five years from now? What do you want to be doing? Yeah, that's a um, tough. Uh, so yeah, I think um, I like I really do want to be in industry and I want to be doing um, more like more drug or uh, therapy focused cool. research. So yeah. there's a lot of really cool like I feel like industry's really changed in the last few years mm-hmm. um, in comparison to maybe how things were in the past. Um, and so I feel like there's a lot of really cool experimental science and, and these environments can still feel very academic. Um, I know they're profit driven, of course, right? But at the end, like at the end of the day, there is still that element. But, but academia also has a level of being profit driven. Right? Exactly. We have to bring grants in. So yeah, exactly. And so this is and so yeah, so I feel like but there is like a lot more freedom to explore and to kind of think creatively and come up with cool things so i would like to yeah i would like to see myself in a bio like a biotech or a a, like a small uh startup pharmaceutical kind of environment maybe not maybe in five years even who knows um but like now and like in the near future that's what i kind of am like leaning towards that's good um and so yeah i'd like to be kind of designing because some of the coolest stuff is happening now like i don't know it's like personalized medicine is really like taking off and there's so much um there's so many like so much big data coming out that shows us all these potential therapeutic thing uh, targets and directions but like you really need to validate them and there's a lot of work to be in that sphere because i'm not big data i have not like i'm overwhelmed by by anything computational (laughs) our programming i don't i don't know i can't yeah but you know the the wet lab techniques i've got those and so yeah that's where i'd kind of like to that's um, great to to try to 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 transition into yes want to try to find yeah try to find the right place right fit um and 
That's and great. start looking, I don't know, soon, yeah. I guess. Maybe. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> yeah. crossed. All right. Well, thank you so much thank for you. being with us. I am uh, Dr. Chris Gunner, and that was Dr. Mila Merceda of the Hospital for Sick Children. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. That was great. This has been Genetically Speaking. Join us next time for new conversations and check out our online library for more valuable content.